It's not easy being a prophet. We have this way of squeezing our prophets into a single frame, of narrowing their relevance to a soundbite or two. Whether it's Samuel in our first reading with, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, or the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. with, I have a dream. We use them when they suit our arguments and we ignore them when they don't. When we don't kill our prophets, we turn them into spiritual superheroes and tell ourselves that it's our humility that keeps us from following their lead. Or we use what we know of their flaws to reduce their legitimate claims on us and so try to shrink them down to a more manageable size. So then how do we know who is worth listening to, who's worth following? I suspect that most of the folks we call prophets didn't start out seeing themselves that way. Calling yourself a prophet is kind of like giving yourself a nickname. It's not a do-it-yourself kind of thing. Take Samuel, for instance. Despite growing up in the temple, Samuel didn't know at first that it was the Lord calling him. Knowing about God and knowing God for ourselves are two different things. He needed Eli to tell him what a word from the Lord sounded like. And even after encountering the Lord himself, Samuel didn't have the courage at first to share what he'd been told. Again, he needed Eli to encourage him. Samuel's fear is easy enough to understand. It is a hard thing to pronounce a word of judgment on people we love. It should be hard. Eli was a good man. After all, he was a kind mentor, a faithful priest, but that didn't exempt him from judgment. You see, in God's economy, we don't ultimately get to keep power that we've obtained unjustly. Eli was born into this corrupt system that unjustly privileged some, in this case him and his sons, while systematically denying those privileges to others. Priesthood was passed down from father to son. Heredity and gender dictated who could represent God to the people and who could not. Of course, Eli rebuked his sons for their greed, their abuse of power. He was not blind to their faults. He just couldn't stop them. And when evil is embedded in a system like that, beyond the good of intentions of those within it, There's something wrong with the whole system. It cannot and it should not last. In pronouncing this word to Eli, Samuel had to realize that his own future was in jeopardy as well. God was dismantling the only power structure that Samuel had ever known. He couldn't have known it at the time, but he was called to be a prophet in a time of unprecedented transition. Over the course of his life, the whole political makeup of his country would change, and he would play this seminal, unrepeatable role. Both his successes and his shortcomings would be magnified and judged through the lenses of self-righteous descendants like us. 
I don't envy him. I mean, who really wants that kind of scrutiny to be held to such high standards? I'd love to ask Dr. King that question because he embodies what we now think of as a prophet with all its glories and its limitations. I suspect that he would resist the singular superhero we've turned him into. He'd want us to remember his mentors, folks like Howard Thurman and Benjamin Mays, his colleagues, his fellow organizers, women like Ella Baker and Fannie Lou Hamer, who shared his courage but were denied his platform. It couldn't have been easy for him either to speak hard truths to people he loved, to a church, to a country he loved. And confronting our racism, our militarism, our apathy over poverty head-on, he, like Samuel, pronounced God's word of judgment on unjust power structures that cannot and should not ultimately last. And we who follow him, we do damage to his dream when we refuse to acknowledge what it will cost us in order to get there. The roles that we can and must play in making it happen. So who are we to follow in the footsteps of prophets like Samuel, like Dr. King? Well, who are we not to? Today's psalm reminds us just what we're made of. We are each and every one of us marvelously made by a God who knows us completely and loves us entirely. And we cannot stop in this work of justice and peace until we can all live fully into that reality, no matter our ethnicity or income or skin color. But before we anoint ourselves as prophets, before we claim divine sanction for what we say and do, a few words of caution. First, knowing about God and knowing God for ourselves, they're not the same thing. We can know the stories, use the words, wave a Jesus flag, and still get it horribly, horribly wrong. Anyone who uses violence and whiteness to shore up their power is antithetical to the person and work of Jesus. We need mentors, people like Eli, like Howard Thurman, to help us discern what it is that we're hearing amidst the chaos, to help us face our fears honestly, and then to tell the whole truth no matter how much it might shake the structures we stand on. Second, it's probably best to start small. If we don't have the courage to speak the truth in love to the people we love, then it might not be the right time to grab the bullhorn. Integrity begins at home. It was in part because Samuel was willing to speak a hard truth to his mentor, Eli, that he became known and respected as a prophet. And it was in part because Dr. King never stopped loving those whom he critiqued that his voice has carried so far and so long. 
Finally, we dare not forget the communities that have formed us, as fallible and bound up in privilege as they might be. We see what we see and we hear what we hear because we stand on their shoulders. We are who we are in part because of them and we are just as fallible as they were, just as fallible as they are. But by the grace of God, we are also capable of equal greatness. We might not be the seminal, unrepeatable leaders of our time like Samuel or Dr. King were in theirs, but that does not disqualify us from playing our part. In the name of the one who knows us too well and loves us too much to exempt us from the work. Amen.